0: Hey, everybody. This is Jim Williams from SportstalkFlorida.com. And with me, of course, is my colleagues, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys. Also joining us, Tim Williams, our national correspondent for SportstalkFlorida.com. And a special guest, Kendall Lewis. Kendall, of course, the big sports kahuna from Cleveland, Ohio, where tonight they'll raise the banner at the Q. And Kendall, there's got to be a lot of excitement in Cleveland tonight. As the Cavaliers raise that banner, for the first time that a championship in Cleveland has happened in 64 years.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think this Cavaliers team is, in a nutshell, they're uh, ready for the heat unless something unforeseen happens. And Injuries always upset that apple cart. I think LeBron James is the most. This team and do whatever it takes to get back to the NBA Finals. But uh, in my mind, I've always thought this: that, that getting to a championship, getting to a Super Bowl, getting to a final, getting to a World Series, is not what it, it, it the, the goal should be. The goal should be to win it. And so I think these guys are ready to get back and prove themselves against this. It's going to be a long grind. It's going to be ups and downs and different storylines all season. But I think Cleveland is ready for that. What I don't like is Cleveland, I don't think, improved to the level that I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen uh, another guy other than Dunleavy added to the mix who can really play. I think last year with Channing Frye, Uh, He did that over the course of the last half of the season in the playoffs. They've lost Timothy Mosgau, so now they need another big guy. Uh, They need a backup point guard, and so far they haven't uh, gotten a guy. So there are some holes to fill, although there are backup roles. But as you know, uh, over a long season, you need everybody on your team to contribute and to be effective and effectual. So this Cavalier team, is going to be very excellent. I would say that the first eight or nine players, but the back end of the rotation or the back end of the bench, I would say, needs some buttressing if this team is going to the height that they reached the last year. And I think everybody is, uh, I think the fans uh, are still awash. And, you know, they came back for 3 1 and won a championship, but it's not that easy. And that championship, as you gentlemen know, means nothing now. After tonight, that'll be the last time the, the team itself celebrates 15-16. Uh, it's on the 16-17. And I'm a little concerned that they don't have enough to overcome whatever's in the West.
2: Well, l- let, me, let me jump in for just a second on LeBron and the whole Cavaliers thing. <clears throat> the... I'm starting to wonder at what point um LeBron begins to wear out because he has been um what is it now 6 straight NBA finals it's a, yeah six, 6 straight NBA finals and when you add all the playoff games in and the number of of uh of finals games and and all of that he has played the equivalent basically of Nearly one and a half extra seasons. Well, yeah, one and a half extra seasons. Um, it's it's like 125 games or something, something close to that. And he's in fabulous shape. We know that. And and he's he's he is the rarest of rare athletes. Um, certainly one of the the handful of the very greatest players in NBA history. But everybody's human. And um, now he's driving himself like Michael Jordan did to to heights that nobody's ever scaled before. But, you know, that's a lot of wear and tear on a body. Uh, We saw he didn't go to the Olympics this year. He said he wished he had. I think his body's glad that he didn't. But uh, a lot of it, to me, depends on how well they can rest LeBron during the season, Um, you know, Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe take some extra time off during this uh, the season because once you get back into that to, to the playoffs, uh, the, I don't think there's anybody in the east outside of maybe, maybe the Celtics that uh can hang with them. So you've got to assume that they're at least going to be back in the conference finals, if not the NBA finals again. And at some point, man, that's got to start wearing a guy out. I, I'm just saying.
3: Uh, You know, Jim, that's one of the problems with the NBA. I don't want to get too philosophical here, gentlemen, but let's be brutally honest. There's like five teams every year that can win the NBA title. I got a problem with that from a league-wide basis, and it seems to be the same five teams uh, almost every year. Uh, Can you imagine if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan? Now, Jim, I'm speaking from experience. I like the 76ers. Uh, I expect uh, a lot of sympathy from you gentlemen over that. Uh, I I got nothing to look forward to, zero. Uh, ben Simmons isn't even around now. He broke his foot. There's nothing to look forward to. So, you know, Kendall, with all due respect, uh, you know, the Cavs, can, the Cavs can win 55, 60 games by throwing their sneakers out there. Uh, they got the best player on the planet. As Joe mentioned, LeBron's moving in quickly, I think, uh, in terms of uh, the top five players of all time. I'm a little partial to uh, the guys like Chamberlain, Russell, uh, Bird, Magic, Jordan. But, you know, LeBron's getting there. And uh, I just don't think there's a lot of teams uh, in contention, guys, in the NBA. I think it's a problem.
4: Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Ira. I, I think it's really a shame that if you're not a contender, you have to bottom out in the NBA. That's the logic anyway. That's not necessarily true, but that's the common prevailing logic is you need to bottom out and hope for the best draft pick you can get so you can get the one player that can turn everything around. And frankly, if you don't have one of the top three players in the league at this point, You can do everything else right, and if you don't have that star player, it doesn't matter. I look at a team like the Celtics, whose best player this year is going to be either Isaiah Thomas or Al Al Horford, depending on how both of those players do. They have a fantastic coach. They have all sorts of assets. They have essentially every Brooklyn Nets draft pick for the rest of time, apparently, but they just – they don't have the star player, and without the star player, they it, it's really hard to imagine them competing with LeBron unless LeBron really wears out somehow. And it's certainly impossible to imagine them competing with one of these teams in the West, given that the Cavs defending champions, once they reach the NBA Finals, will probably be the underdogs against the probably the Golden State Warriors again
1: you know what guys, I, I I just think the NBA has always been set up with super teams and a few teams who could win and then a lot of teams who couldn't. They were that way back in the Russell Celtics days. They were the teams was that way in the early seventies, you know, with the Knicks and the Celtics and not a lot of those teams win, although that was probably the best time for the NBA. Was that way uh, in the 80s when the Lakers and the Celtics and the Sixers ran things? It Was that way in the 90s and on down? So I think I think it's pretty much that way, depending on the team's uh, management style and uh, fortune in the draft, uh, whether they take the right guys or put their teams together with chemistry. A lot of that depends on the expertise of the people running things, and let's face it. Everybody doesn't have the same type of ability in life. Period. No matter what you're talking about, there are trash men, the garbage men who are great. They you put your trash can back on your on, on in your driveway. They don't throw it around, don't dent it, don't leave trash on the on the ground. And then there are others who do those things. They dent your cans. They leave trash on the ground. So people have abilities which show through. Just because you're doing something or just because you're a team administrator does not mean you're a good team administrator. And so that shows itself in the administration of these teams and the NBA, Ira, that you talk about. That's just, it seems to me, that's just the way of the game. And so you're fortunate when you have a Philadelphia with Dr. J and Moses Malone and Bobby Jones and Caldwell Jones and just everybody that could run through the NBA or when you're the Lakers or the, or uh, the, the bulls. Now it's Cleveland's time. And let's see if they can hold sway this year into next, whereas Golden State couldn't do the same.
0: You're listening to the sunshine boys podcast right here on sports, talk, Florida.com and blog, talk radio. Um, I think I constantly upcut Joe Henderson. So
2: yeah, you, you we we got this thing going <laughs> here, man. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to make a, a, a kind of a pile on point on on the NBA in that I don't think the overall talent in the league is anywhere near what it used to be. You got more teams for one, and number two is you've got so many players. Uh, the one and dones coming out of college now who are not ready to play professional basketball. They're just not. And so you're seeing now these, these quote unquote lottery picks are uh, you, you got a better chance of, of playing the Florida lottery sometimes than you do of hitting jackpot on one of those lottery picks because uh they're coming out too soon. You're, you're drafting on a, on a very small sample size and it is hurting college basketball, which is the feeder system, of course, for the NBA. That's why you see more NBA teams going overseas to try to find players, but that's a, that's a kind of a crapshoot too because that's a different level of competition than what you see over here. So naturally, I think it's gonna filter down that you're just gonna see a handful of teams and the rest of them are on the treadmill and they're hoping like the Orlando Magic did back in the day uh, that somehow uh, a ping pong ball falls in their favor and that they get a Shaquille O'Neal uh, who can who can make them instantly competitive. I, I really think that the NBA and college basketball uh, should have a system kind of like Major League Baseball does um, with their draftees, that if you do not uh, sign with a Major League Baseball uh, organization that drafts you coming out of high school, then, and you go to college, you're gonna stay in college for a couple of years, and you're not eligible for the draft again. I would love to see uh, a system where uh, if a player you could, that uh, a LeBron James, yes, he could sign out of high school. I got no problem with that, but if you go to college, you're going to stay in college two years, and then maybe you know if you're good enough, we'll let you come out. That's I think that would help both both college basketball and the NBA immensely.
0: Hey, you no, know, Joe. One of the problems with that was there was an attempt uh, by David Stern and uh, you know the league to get that done, but. There was a blowback from the NBA Players Association saying that basically, for all intents and purposes, it was a restraint of of, of trade situation where they couldn't um, you you were keeping people from from you know working, and so they they came to an agreement that the one and dones would be you know that would be the way. In other words, you could have to go to college and stay for at least one year and. um you know, then they could do it. But, uh, no, there was an attempt. Uh, Stern thought, uh, that it was, uh, going to be an issue and, and obviously the NCAA, I mean, look, they, they make, the NCAA makes 97% of their, uh, revenue off of the NCAA basketball tournament. So it, it behooves them to have, you know, quality there as long as they can. And, uh, unfortunately, the NBA and the NCAA, um, uh, because of the NBA Players Association, um, that was a non-starter in their CBA contract negotiations of, uh, you know, not allowing players to come to the league, uh, even though some of them come and are are woefully, um, you know, unprepared.
2: Well, uh, sure. And I understand that. But if major league baseball can get something like that past its players union and mm-hmm. to say you know this is how we're going to do this then i don't see why it can't happen in the nba and at, at the end of the day all right you've got the rookie salary cap and 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 all of that mm-hmm. but you you have guys coming into the league who just flat aren't ready to play and it's damaging the product the mm-hmm. nba uh is uh, the casual fan, and maybe there aren't a lot of those in Cleveland right now because they've got a, a terrific team. But the, the, you think the Orlando Magic are excited about this season? You think the Miami Heat are? And it's, it's damaging the overall product. And I, I'm, I'm going Jay Billis on you here, but I really think that this is something that they need to address, and they need to do it uh, as quickly as possible.
0: Well, Jay could do it because he's a lawyer. So, well, uh, yeah,
2: and and he's also played the game. But right. uh, other than that, I'm I'm equal to him.
0: No, that <laughs> wasn't my point. Uh, yeah, I, my point I, I, was if 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 Jay wanted to if Jay wanted to get involved in this and actually do what he says he wants to do, he could put together a class action suit. Uh, well,
2: so. I don't know that that's necessary. I'd like to see it done through collective bargaining, but uh, at some point, the overall health of Both the NCAA basketball and uh, the NBA needs to take precedent over uh, some guy who uh, really should be back in college or uh, coming out of uh, you know if he comes out of high school uh, and he doesn't want to go to college but he wants to play pro ball, fine, go to go overseas and play if that's what you want to do. But uh, there's there should be the health of the, of the league and, and college basketball should take precedence, in my opinion. Well, well done. Hey, Jim, while Hey, uh, Jim,
3: yeah. while, we're, while we're lauding the city of, uh, of Cleveland for its uh, sports acumen, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe I've heard Kendall talk about uh, the NFL team that uh, supposedly <laughs> dwells in, in those environs. Uh, now the talk is, Jim, uh, maybe they trade their best player who happens to be Joe Thomas, and you talk about accomplishment. Imagine playing for the Browns over these years, the dreadful Browns, never on national television, and you make the Pro Bowl year after year. You know how good you got to be to do that as an offensive lineman? So now there's a lot of chatter, Kendall, about Joe Joe Thomas, the great left tackle, probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Uh, We'll see what they can get for him, Uh, you know, I, I look at a team like the Vikings, guys. Uh, their quarterback just took a beating Sunday. Maybe they think uh, they're a serious playoff contender uh, if they go out and get the right piece. And 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 you know their left tackles out for the year. Um, I think that's a pretty good fit with Joe Thomas and, and the Vikings.
0: Well, Kendall have to answer that question because uh, he's the he's on the he's on the ground there in Cleveland. What's going on, Kendall?
1: I would agree that uh Joe Thomas would fit the bill there. Uh, however, uh I talked to the coach in preseason and suggested publicly on my radio shows and podcasts that the Browns uh since they've engaged in this forced to earth policy of you know, just breaking it down to the hubcaps, just getting rid of everybody and Joe Thomas would fetch a mighty handsome price coach told me he had no interest he told me this his lips to my ears that he had no interest in trading joe thomas and furthermore joe thomas doesn't want to be traded joe thomas guys is one of the most uh loyal uh introspective interesting people you'll ever meet in the the realm of sports he wants to be here when it turns around, and I gotta tell you, um, when I when I got the schedule, and I do this every year because I cover football, like you know, it, it was my passion, which it is. So I got the schedule out, and I looked down the schedule, and I do this every year, and this is the first year that I could actually see it happening. I went L L L L L. I went all the way down the list. And when I got to the last game, I did an L, and I then proclaimed I didn't see a Cleveland Browns win. I did not foresee it. Now you know with the with the NFL, NFL teams win games they're not supposed to, and yep. they lose games they're not supposed to. That's how it is on any given Sunday, Saturday, or Friday, or Thursday, whatever. Anyway, you talk about a degeneration of a league. That's a That's another story for another time. But I didn't see a win. This is a team that's going to go 0-16. There's only been three in the modern era, okay, two in the modern era, I'm sorry, that have gone 0-16 just by the vagaries of the game. And I'll tell you without equivocation that this 0-16 team will be better than the 16 that preceded it. By far, that speaks to the coaching acumen, the intelligence of design that has taken place. If you watch the Browns game, they've been the most entertaining team in the NFL this year. Again, by far, stuff has happened. Uh, Games have been lost late. Uh, Team has come back. Uh, They have taken it down to the 59th minute and 59th second of each and every one of these games. So what I'm telling you is, as a professional watcher of sports, and football in particular, I've studied film, I study film, I watch these games. I don't want to. There's nothing for me to see. I know how it's going to turn out, but i got to watch them because I have to be educated on the process. I'm telling you, I've been taught by Bill Walsh and, Bill Parcells and different guys, how to build teams. This team is being built the right way. This team is making great progress, even though they lose every week. show you what I'm talking about, last week I talked to Coach Jackson. And I said, Coach, and I give him a, I text him, and then sometimes we'll talk. You know, if I say something too incendiary, he's got to straighten it out. So I text him and I said, hey, Coach, your young team is losing every week, but they're making great progress. They're making great strides. I thought I'm being, you know, encouraging. He gets on the phone and blasts me. We're not trying to make progress. We're not trying to compete. We're trying to win. That's what he's telling me, right? And, but, and I hang up and I just laugh because I know he knows that I know that he knows they're not going to win any game. <laughs> I, I know that. And so as, I, as I'm as i laughing, I'm going, but this team is getting better. But a lot of people can't see that. And So, again, ignorance from the outside. You're not – why would you watch a Cleveland Browns game if you live in San Diego or Florida or New York? Why? I, I don't want to watch them and I'm here. But <laughs> that, that, that's the fan in me. The, the football – uh, mind that's been trained by guys who pick teams, who's, who stock teams, who coach teams, makes me want to watch them so I can know what the next big thing is. Uh, they've got a lot of good assets on this team. And it's not that this team doesn't have talent, it's that the talent is young and unproven. But they've got talent that flashes all of the time. And once they make the right adjustments, putting them in the right places, This team has a chance to be a monster, especially with Hugh Jackson as the coach. Not this year, of course. Not next year. But toward the latter half of next year, this team will be a force to reckon with. And really, they could win some games now. They're one of the top rushing teams. All their quarterbacks have played well for the quarter they've been in. And And so, you know, this is the football team that I wouldn't sleep on right yet, Uh, they'll go 0-16, sure. But they're they're not as bad as they look.
0: Hey, Kendall, quick question. Uh, Any truth to the rumor that you are going to be uh, starting week 14 for the Browns at quarterback?
1: (laughs) I hope not. Hey, listen, I value my health. I hope not. (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you something, man. Every quarterback that plays for the Browns this year gets broken. And so I'm afraid for Kevin Hogan this week and the young kid. I don't even know his name, that the get, that the uh, Packers cut. I, I know he's got to be shaking in his boots because Ke- Kevin Hogan's going to get broken as well. And once he gets broken, he's going to go into the fray, and I hope his insurance is paid up. He better not lapse. That's all I can tell you. Uh, well, and,
2: and with that in mind, why would you trade your left tackle? Your, your soon-to-be Hall of Fame left tackle. Uh, you've already got every quarterback on the roster is like in a cast or something. So, you know, why would you do that? I, I don't think you get better, Ira, by by trading your best player. I just don't. I think you build around your best player. And, uh, you know, I, I pay a, maybe some extra attention to uh, that particular division because uh, the Bengals are in it. Yes, I'm a Beng- Bengal guy, and uh, and last Sunday uh, with with the Bengals wound up beating the Browns. Uh, the final score looked uh, looked pretty decisive, but Kendall's right. the The Browns are feisty. They they do not. I've I've seen 0 oh, and 16 teams or or Ira. We remember what those uh, Buccaneers were like in those early years. And don't, don't sleep on the Browns. I mean, Hugh Jackson's a terrific coach. They've got a, they've got a lot of stuff they got to fix there. And it, it's, it's not going to be a short-term deal, but I, I think they're one of those teams that a couple of years from now, you're going to look at them and go, wow, they're, they're doing it right. They're headed in the right direction.
0: Guys, we have, um, I want to say one thing real go quick.
2: Ahead, Ken. Ken, uh, go Joe ahead,
0: Kendall. Go ahead. Joe Thomas,
1: uh, I know uh, a lot of people think he's the best player on the team. The best player on the team is Terrell Pryor. We'll, we'll write it down in the. He's the best player right now on this football team. I said that the other week, and my media brethren here were like, oh, man, you're crazy. Last week, they came back and said, yeah, I think he's right. Of course I'm right. He's the best Your eyes can tell you.
0: Okay. Well, look, I'm not going to argue with you, Kendall. You you know the team better than than I do by leaps and bounds. Well, look, folks, it has been a lot of fun doing this edition of the Sunshine Network. Sunshine Network here. Yeah, going back again. Going to uh the Sunshine Boys podcast with our guests, yeah, you know, Kendall Lewis from Cleveland, uh Tim Williams up in Boston and the and the boys themselves Joe Henderson and, and of course Ira Kaufman it's time guys for final takes and your social media uh we'll go let's go with the guests first uh Kendall how can we uh how can we uh give us your final take this week on on the world series whatever you want to talk about and um give us your social media how we can follow you
1: well i you can follow me at uh the BSK says, at the BSK says on Twitter, and uh, the BSK on Facebook. Uh, and I will respond to you and get back with you. I, I'm, I used to want to be a lawyer in my youth, so I'm very adept at the uh, argument, which doesn't turn ugly. We can disagree without being disagreeable, so that's how you can get in touch with me. The, the one thing I want to tell you is that with this World Series, it's going to be an exciting, close World Series. And I would say don't sleep on the tribe because they could very well win this one quickly, more so than a lot of people think.
0: Okay, Tim, you're up next.
4: Okay, I going back to the World Series, you know, a bunch of people have talked about pressure in this World Series and who's going to be feeling more of it. The answer to me is whoever's at home at the time because the players don't necessarily feel all this pressure. These guys aren't from the towns they play in for the most part. So they don't have they're not fans of these teams or they might be now but they weren't growing up. So they don't have all that emotional baggage that the fans do but when they're at home if the Cubs come down and they're two nothing back at, or they're down two nothing at Wrigley and they start losing game 3 you will see the crowd start to feel the weight of every Cubs loss that they can remember. Likewise, if the Cubs take a decisive lead in Game 1 and then they get out to another one in Game 2, you'll see on every shot of the crowd, you'll see fans with that here-we-go-again face. And that... Is, becomes a palpable atmosphere, and that becomes where your pressure comes from. So whoever's the home team at the given moment will be the team that has the more pressure and the team that really feels the weight of everything because that's where where it all is going to come back to them. And as far as social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Sports.
0: Okay. Ira Kaufman. Final thoughts and social media. All right,
3: Dane. You can get me at Twitter, at iKaufman76. And uh, this one goes out to Tim Williams, uh, Jim. Uh, One thing we didn't mention about the Indians and Kendall, this is a feather in their cap and and give them a lot of confidence going forward. They they knocked off the best-hitting team in the major leagues in the Red Sox. Top to bottom, what a lineup for Boston. They averaged more than five runs a game. And they were totally shut down by Cleveland's pitching. And if they can do that to Boston and Toronto, uh, they can do it against the Cubs lineup that until the last few games uh, showed that um, they can be shut down by good pitching. So if Cleveland's going to win it, it it's going to be with the guys on the hill. Uh, and after knocking off Boston the way they did, I don't put it past them.
2: Joe, you're batting cleanup. okay um well i'll uh I'll zig while everybody zag i'll I'll say Indians and six uh just to get that out there but uh the thing to watch uh and Ira will agree with me on this uh, is your Tampa bay buccaneers they have won two games. They're now at 500. They're even with Atlanta in the loss column in the division, and they have uh, a winnable stretch coming up here. They play Oakland Sunday, followed by Atlanta, and followed by the, after, uh, uh, they, they've they got Atlanta on a Thursday night game, and then the, the Chicago Bears. We are almost to November, and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, are in the playoff race. Now, can they sustain that as long as Jacquees uh, Rodgers keeps running for over 100 yards a game? Why not? So uh, it's kind of fun to, uh, to watch uh, the Bucks right now. They're, uh, you can see them headed in the right direction. Social media, you can find me on Twitter at the initial J. Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. Well,
0: I'll tell you what. You know, Kendall, you're talking about 0-16. and 16. Um, Joe Henderson and I did not cover a 0-16 team. We did, however, cover a 0-14 team. Or zero
2: and 26
0: Yeah, well, you could add that to it as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's not fun, and I can guarantee you. I, I don't know about Joe. I can't speak for Joe. But <laughs> I didn't see us winning a game for a while there on that, even though – uh, we came close a couple of times, but uh, it's not fun. And um, and fortunately, we don't have to do that again. Um, the early days of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were entertaining, if not um, satisfying on the scoreboard, uh, at least from that standpoint. Well, look, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us on this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host for Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys, for our guest, Tim Williams. Thanks for joining us from Boston, from the beautiful area of Cleveland, Ohio, on Lake Erie, Town, USA, at least for a couple of days. Uh, We'd like to thank Kendall Lewis, the big sports kahuna, for joining us, and we'll have him back more times because he's a very entertaining guy. Thanks to all of you, and uh, until next time, We're the Sunshine Boys. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com and Blog Talk Radio. Thanks very much.